Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Welcome back to the Driving My Mind podcast. And again, thank you guys so much for letting me take that little hiatus. Uh, You know, anytime after Labor Day from September to essentially now, um, a, uh, a teacher's life is a struggle for sure. You know, minimal breaks, you're, you're working back to back to back. And, um, I needed that time with my kiddos, with my class, uh, my classroom. They are, um, they're a much better behaved group than last year's, but, um, they definitely need more instruction, uh, which is quite strange because this is the first group of kiddos that, um, you know, essentially had a full like year of school. They weren't COVID kids or anything like that. Um, a couple of them missed uh, preschool or TK, but they were at least able to take kindergarten. And um, for some reason or another, I'm working uh, quite extensively on on catching up on some uh, skills needed from uh, first grade and kindergarten. So. Anywho, that's what I get paid for, and um, I wish I got paid more, but uh, people will say I'm living well, but, you know, we we don't get paid in the summer, we don't get paid for our time off, and you think to yourself, well, you signed a contract, why don't you negotiate, we're public employees, we don't get, an, in a sense, uh, in essence, to negotiate a, a higher salary like a, a computer engineer would be able to, or, or something like that, so... Um, at the end of the day, you just got to do it for, you know, community service, public service, your ability to enjoy the job as, as much as you can. And you can already hear my, uh, my fake laughing on that point. But, uh, again, thank you guys so much for, um, staying with me, staying with my YouTube channel, uh, your ride and I, if you haven't taken a look at or listened to, um, I was able to do a few car shows during the Thanksgiving break and, um, I'm shaking off this cough. So if you hear me cough from time to time, uh, please, I apologize. I'm not going to go back and edit it. I'm, I'm going to try to get this all in uh, one. <coughs> There's your cough. One stream, right? So today, and, and don't I, I've been, I've not neglected the podcast, but sometimes it's just hard finding that one hour in the day, especially with the new modern warfare out and everything to uh, get squared away with the car stuff. And so here I am. I got ideas, and one of the ideas I, I really, really wanted to talk to you guys about uh, today is, if you read the title already, Car Hindsight, and how that has affected everyone's purchasing decision uh, in one time or another, especially as a car enthusiast, maybe perhaps going through car after car after car, what appears to be a good idea at the time ends up not being a good idea <laughs> and you go through your battle of regrets and frustration and anger and, and bouts of depression even um, really trying to figure out if this car is worth keeping in your life or to let it go and and will you regret it if you let it go and so that's what I'm here to talk to you guys about today so my definition of car hindsight is understanding that you bought a car it didn't work out for you and you sell it and you look back and regret it, right? Because, you know, just like they said, uh, you know, the, the, if, if only the, the, the past, what was that saying? You know, if, if hindsight is a 2020 vision, right? I forgot the dang the saying, man, I just had it. I should have wrote it down. But, um, hindsight is just knowing if, if you would have known what you know now, essentially, right? And I can always go back and, and 
think, man, you know, I had a 92 Acura Integra. That was like my first, first, first ever car I bought from a buddy of mine in high school for $1,900. I made payments to him until I was able to buy it right on. I learned manual shifting. I learned uh, how to drive stick in that car. And it was a non-VTEC car. And I knew I had plans on doing... um, Uh, VTEC uh, head swap and and going through my bouts of of getting to learn that car and know that car and I was still working for Honda at the time I had access to discounted parts as long as I had the part number um, through my dealership and uh, I mean it that was an amazing car but in hindsight I should have never have went after that car to begin with I should have saved my money and went straight for something like a GSR at the time. Because you could find GSRs at the time for, you know, about five to six grand, which again, in the early 2000s was was still quite a chunk of change. But the new RSX Type S was already coming out and, and uh, you know, accurate at the time, it was what, twenty one to $24,000. So all the old Integras and the GSRs and, and, and all those B-series were were going down in price at the time. And so I wish I would have been like, you know, this was a DA9. So this was the an, an, the older Integra. But I would have just thought to myself, man, you know, and spending the $1,900 and probably another two grand and fixing it up and hopping it up. If I would have just saved that money and just got a legit Integra GSR at the time, I, I would have been head over heels because I would have I would have kept that car, you know, 1000%. And. A stupid reason the DA9. I was I was taking a turn too quickly and I and I spun the rear, which was really crazy, and I ended up crashing it and bending the subframe in the back. And so I ended up selling it to one of the porters at the dealership, and he had connections out in Mexicali on on repairing that subframe and all the damage and. You know, it, it, that car is probably sitting in a junkyard for parts, and it, it's been a, a, a waste of a car, if you will. And uh, it's a cool. I loved the DA9. I mean, the paint was obviously flaking and bad, but, dude, I loved the way it sounded. I loved that um, that B18B, I think it was. You know, it was the non-VTEC B8, uh, B-series uh, motor, but it was quite torquey, and... and uh, it loved to rev out until about 7,000, I think. Um, it was no VTEC, though. And, uh, again, that was my hindsight kind of moment. And, you know, everyone says, well, things happen for a reason. That's when I got my 240SX as a replacement. And I got into the rear-wheel drive and the drifting kind of stuff right before Tokyo Drift. So, soon those cars became really, really hot. And, and uh, I still have my 240SX to this day because I'm afraid of hindsight catching up to me. And, you know, for me wanting it to sell or, or get rid of this car, would I face that regret? Because anytime I take that 240 out, these young kids are like, oh, my God. It's a, dude, my 240 is is beat up. It has some really high-end parts or quality parts in it. Like the freaking limited slip differential was like $1,800, you know. Um, but it's a, it's a car that... that I, I don't want to get rid of. I don't want to create a moment of fear of missing out, right? FOMO, right? As, as, as the, uh, the new cats and kids call it. And missing out on the fact that I sold the car or some kid that's going to pay me 
10 or 15k for it and, and because he has a, a a fear of FOMO, right? A fear of missing out. Um and so that those things I look back in my in my car collection and my car, you know, life and I, and I I that's what uh I worry about and I struggle with and I know that I'm not the only one out there and that's why I kind of wanted to bring this up to you guys what what is your car hindsight moment what was that one project car that you know gave you pain and struggle and and you say to yourself you know this sucks right here's your hindsight this is a project that is going nowhere I should have not got that salvaged title Dodge RT Magnum <laughs> you know, that's my buddy Soto he had a he had a V8 Magnum um, wagon right the Dodge RT uh, uh, Magnum wagon which is super cool especially if you got the SRT model like dude those things are holding his value like crazy 30 or 40k. And he got this car at the time. It was a salvage, you know, and so it had a lot of problems. It was just not a good copy of of the car. But he had to pour money into it because it was his only car. And you know, people always say that we always make fun of the titulo salvaje, right? When you go on uh, on. Uh, craigslist and you see the the salvaged car and you think why would anyone buy it but people think oh i'm gonna be able to transform it i'm gonna be able to you know to fix it up to make it my own personality and all that i just think oh my god you are setting yourself up and maybe it's just because i'm naturally pessimistic or negative about you know everything <laughs> everything in life you know don't tell my therapist that but you know i go to things in in such a pessimistic view of you're getting into something you're going to regret. And maybe it's a defense mechanism for for myself, or maybe it's it's the fact that I, I've just seen so many projects and so many uh, car purchases just go awry. Um, you, you hear about people, and this not only goes into old cars, it goes into new cars as well. You see people with new cars and and they they buy a car and they keep it for two months, three months. You know, they've barely sent one payment to the bank and they're already trading it in and getting rid of it. You see cars at, at, at the dealership or at CarMax with 300 miles I, I, I on Facebook. It always keeps popping up like Porsche Cayman GT4s or... Um, 911 Carrera S's with like 800 to a thousand miles. It probably still has the new car smell, and it's and it's maybe last year's model, but you know it's it was purchased this year, um, you know as a as a 22. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and this is 23, so it was last year's model, but it, it, they bought it within a year time frame, and they're already trading it in. Why? You know, did did they not know what they were getting themselves into? Same thing with a project car, right? You're buying a Cayman GT4 and, and, and thinking that this car is going to be, what, something that you can go to In-N-Out Burger in? <laughs> like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And and for those people, I wonder if they had that hindsight moment. Like, um, do they realize, oh, my God, I don't need this much Cayman. Or, oh, my God, this Cayman does suck when I actually drive it around town. 
I, 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 I don't get it. I don't get how people don't do their due diligence on what they are really, truly getting themselves into. Like, or you know what? I, I wanted this Cayman uh, in order to get a uh, spot for a GT, uh, a GT3, you know. Um, which again, I, I understand with Porsche cause they're really kind of weird when it, when it comes to that. But I just think like, why go through all the effort or, or bother doing that? It makes no sense to me. And that's the hindsight and to, to kind of wrap it up and, and, you know, I'm making this kind of a shorter podcast just so I can still kind of like ease myself into it. But a lot of this car hindsight goes into that FOMO, that fear of missing out. And so you tend to make those irrational decisions because you can you think I'm never going to get this opportunity to buy this GT4 or I'm never going to get this opportunity to find a, a um, uh, uh, an Acura Integra from the early 90s or I'm never going to get this opportunity to get a, uh, a Lexus V8, right? But there are always will be those opportunities now is it going to be the same price well no look at the s2000s right i mean finally the market's calmed down a little bit but there was a point where it's kind of like i could sell my approaching ninety thousand mile very clean example though 2003 ap1 for 30 to forty thousand dollars that is ridiculous because that car i'm sorry is not worth in today's money, thirty to forty thousand dollars. You know, it's a wonderful car. It's a great experience driving that car. And there's, you know, it's it's classic Honda. It's what people think Honda is. It has a lot of nostalgia. It's featured in Fast and the Furious. But all those reasons don't make it a thirty or forty thousand dollar car. But people want to experience that car. And so the the demand, the consumer demand raises and that therefore the prices raises, uh, raise up. And so, you know, I can remember a time where S2000s were going for 10 to 15K, NSXs were 30 to 40K. Now I look on my feed on, on Facebook and, and I see NSX is granted in, in excellent condition and prime condition going for 140 to $170,000. It boggles my mind <laughs> to think that someone is paying for, granted, again, this is a later model with the C32, but, you know, that people are spending $170,000 in today's money for an early 2000s and mid-engine <laughs> VTEC C32 with, with 200 and what, 92 horsepower, right? But it's the nostalgia that people have and the fear of missing out that gets them to make these rash consumer decisions that, that you've heard from my previous podcasts really truly affect the car enthusiast because as soon as one person buys a, a 100,000 mile S2000 for $45,000, well, there you know there's no different than buying cars, right? Or buying houses. Uh, you know, one, one house in the neighborhood sells for $100,000 above what, they should be paying for and then everyone thinks that their house is worth that much more so to end please friends with hindsight do your research do your due diligence are you using this as a daily driver or is this your second car in the garage or perhaps third car in the garage i have podcasts talking about that okay are you gonna be able to you know 
get over that fear of missing out and wait for something that's going to be exactly what you want. Or, hey, life happens. You get someone knocked up or, you know, you lose your job. Well, it's a good thing you don't have a project car waiting to be, you know, that's already gutted. The motor's burnt out. And what you paid for originally, you will not be able to get back uh, selling it for scrap, right? So be mindful of hindsight. Be mindful of fear of missing out and do not make rash decisions when purchasing cars. That is my best advice for you. Thank you again for tuning into my to my podcast again that I, I've sorely neglected, but I, I needed to. I needed to for my for my kiddos and my job, truthfully. So I'm going to do a quick edit of this. Uh, I'm just going to do the, the RSS uh, thumbnail, which I actually do like. And let me just do this for fun. <laughs> I've always, dude, I love the air horn, man. I can't, uh, can't complain about that. Hopefully that played for you guys. But anyways, thank you guys so much. I'll try to be a little more consistent with the, the podcast now that things are winding down. And I'll catch you guys next week.